This is ContraZoom, a live in limbo production. This is ContraZoom, where we go back and forth about film. This is the third episode in the Best Picture Breakdown, and this week I am joined by the co-host of ContraZoom, Miss Rachel Gordon. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. And yourself? I'm doing great. This is right in yes. the heat of Oscar season. I'm trying to oh, film yeah. as many movies as possible. Right before we recorded Same. this, I watched Jackie, so I'm, nice. trying, to, I'm trying to get them down. Get them all in before the big date. Right? Um, yeah. So today, we're going to be talking about Moonlight, Fences, and Hell or High Water. So let's get right into it. We're first going to talk about Moonlight. Um, we're going to break down all the nominations. So Moonlight has eight nominations. It is Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor for Mayor Shala Ali, Best Supporting Actress for Naomi Harris, Best Director, Barry Jenkins, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, and Best Original Score. So we're going to go through each of these and kind of talk about a bit of it. Um, Moonlight for me was definitely one of my favorite movies of this year. I was blown away in this. It's a very heartbreaking story, but it's mm-hmm. not in the sense that, you know, I was in tears the whole time. It was more like the whole time I just had a big lump in my throat and, and was just on the verge of breaking down, but never quite past that tipping scale. But for a movie to withstand that for the whole runtime was pretty fantastic. Were you, were you a fan of this movie? I mean, this movie is my favorite for Best Picture. I think it's phenomenal. I really agree with what you're saying. One of my, I love when great movies can do this, when they're emotional and they evoke emotion, but there was never, I thought, a moment in Moonlight where I watched, where I was sitting in the theater and I was going, okay, the the screenwriter, the director wants me to cry right now, you know? Mm -hmm. Because there are, it is, it is, you know, in emotional movies, there are these kind of purposeful tearjerker moments, you know? Like, oh, this is supposed to elicit emotion. I want you to cry right now. The entire movie was just an emotional journey. And I didn't really feel manipulated at any point. I just felt a part of it. So I definitely get the lump in the throat thing, but I adored this film. I think for me, there were three specific moments, one in each of the three chapters that really sort of hit the hardest. Uh, I'm not going to go too much into spoiler territory. I'll just sort of, for those who have seen it, you'll probably know exactly what I'm talking about. The first chapter. It's kind of like gloss it over. Yeah. And the first chapter, it's when uh, Chiron is sitting at the table after most of the Mm. event and he asks a big question. Um, to the people that are around him, one of them being Mayor Shala Ali, the other one being Janelle Monet. Uh, yeah, in the yeah. second chapter, it is during uh, a confrontation and he is, uh, in a bit of a fight and he was on the ground looking at the person that he was fighting. Do you know what moment I'm talking about there? Yeah, and kind of being, I mean, well, I think not necessarily fighting. Yeah. Mm hmm. And then yeah. lastly, in the third chapter was was the the end moment where it's hard to to not yeah. get choked up at that end last scene. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, but really, 
Let's talk about what are the odds Moonlight has of winning Best Picture. It's funny. Last week when I recorded the episode and I was talking about La La Land, La La Land is really going to be the giant shadow over everything this year. It's massive uh, with its 14 nominations. And I said, well, hey, maybe... Uh, Maybe it isn't such a Goliath that we thought it was. Maybe it might be taken down. And I think if anyone was to take it down, it would either be Hidden Figures since it just won, um, what was that? The Screen Actors Guild Award for uh, Best Ensemble or Moonlight. And then, yeah. you know, a week later, only seven days and La La Land is once again looking like it is the Goliath with absolutely nothing standing in its way. So I feel like whenever I hear these conversations of Best Picture, it always is between Moonlight and La La Land. I haven't actually heard many people who say, you know, oh, it's definitely going to be this or definitely going to be that. There is this tension between the two. You have La La Land, which is very, you know, past, nostalgia-leaning, classic Hollywood. It's storytelling and it's format and the singing and dancing. And then you have Moonlight which I'd say is very forward-thinking in all of those areas, you know, sometimes called a better boyhood, which I would agree with. <laughs> um, so I think because they're so different, it's very hard to approach these comparisons. I mean, it's easy to say La La Land because, as you say, it has so many nominations. But, I mean, there have been times in the past where that doesn't, you know, all these nominations does not a best picture make. So it's a, it'll, it'll be interesting to see it pan out. I would love to see Moonlight come out on top. Not that La La Land isn't a great film, but I mean, personally, you know, I think it's the best of the year. So at this point, strategically speak, speaking, do you believe that Moonlight is the only film that could potentially win other than La La Land? <sighs> I mean, if we're talking about not what I like and talking about probability, I'm going to say yes. Um, I thought, personally, I loved Arrival. I thought Arrival was great. Arrival's not going to win Best Picture. Like, that's not going to happen. On Like, let's be honest. Um, looking through, you know, the nominees. Arrival is sci-fi. That that's You don't really see that much in terms of winning, even if it's genre-bending. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't see, I don't see anyone else winning. Hidden Figures, you're right. They did pull off that win. I mean, who knows? I could see Hidden Figures maybe being the one hiding in the shadows and popping out. But aside from that, and I would also call that a long shot, I think it's between La La Land and Moonlight. I, I agree with that. All right, so Best Supporting Actor, Mayor Shala Ali. I think for someone with such a short amount of screen time, he really seems to be dominating this year's race. He's playing a character so against type what you think. You're, you're told that this character is the drug, is a drug dealer. By all accounts, he is both feared and respected in the streets that he works in. Yet at the same time, he basically, uh, figuratively adopts this young boy with him and his girlfriend, um, played by Janelle Monet, the two of them together adopt this young boy almost because it's not it's not real adoption. almost it's, it's more like the real it's like an figure. emotional it's an, yeah it's, it's like an emotional adoption. kind of adoption yeah it's a father figure that he never had and a positive influence that he never had in this young boy's life uh and it's it's weird because you don't expect that from a drug dealer and his girlfriend yeah. and and i think it's such a fantastic performance and he's on screen for maybe 
12 to 15 minutes his section mm-hmm. is I'd only say around about, 15 minutes yeah, yeah his section is only a little over half hour it's probably the shortest section of the three uh maybe the last section's the shortest i can't remember maybe. exactly what the breakdown is but still it's it's shockingly Close. short and yet i think that he has to be the real front runner for this year as well not because it was just a subtle beautiful performance but because who he's up against doesn't seem to be really moving the pack if if say jeff bridges didn't win his best actor oscar for true grit i would say this would be jeff bridges year in fact i'm a little but upset yeah but he did and i'm a little frankly i'm a little upset that neither chris pine or um uh, ben Foster got nominated, but I'll talk about that later when I'm talking about Hell High <laughs> Water. Uh, but really, I, I don't see any other ones that have the chance. Michael Shannon, no one really is going for Nocturnal Animals. In no, fact, no one people is. People thought that Aaron T- Taylor Johnson was going to be the nominee out of that film. Uh, Lion, Dev Patel, the lion really seems to be petering out. It never really looked like mm-hmm. a real front runner for any of the categories, but it's not really gaining any momentum either. And then Lucas Hedges for Manchester by the Sea. I just don't think there's any way that they would give it to such a green actor because unfortunately that's how the Oscars work. I agree. I think they only really give it to a green actor when there is, you know, a lot of hype surrounding it or when there was a spectacular performance. Not that it wasn't spectacular, but there isn't a lot of hype. There aren't people talking about it. You're right. When you hear about the Best Supporting Actor nominated nomination, everyone is talking about Mahershala Ali. That's, that's the name, right? Mm-hmm. And I completely agree with what you're saying about his performance. I think not just... One of my favorite things about the performance is it's not just as a father figure, but I would say very much kind of giving him the motherly instinct that his own mother didn't really bring in these moments of softness in how he deals with things in that table scene. He's the range that he shows is just fabulous. And it makes, I mean, it it makes me happy that he is such a front runner and that that is so acknowledged. I mean, he really was just a scene stealer at that, at the beginning of the movie, which I maybe not seen Steeler because I think he very much was meant to be that focus and was meant to be that kind of emotional core in the beginning of this boy's life. And I think it's kind of nice to see when you see someone be so powerful in a film and then they, they receive recognition, which I feel parallels that power of performance you know, that's always, that's always nice to see because he really he really does deserve the recognition he's receiving. I, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, now we've got also Best Supporting Actress for Naomi Harris, which mm. she plays the, the mother of Chiron, the boy in Moonlight. Um, she's the only actor that's actually in all three parts. So really, if anything, she has sort of the lead role, although she has very brief moments. Uh, yeah. The best, I think her best moment comes in the final chapter. Um, mm. her, her most powerful scenes where it's definitely the most showy bits of it. Yes. Um, although this is a very loud performance from Naomi Harris. There, there's very little subtlety going on in, in far when you're comparing it to something like Mershala Ali, who's got a lot more inner conflict going on. Hers a lot, hers is a lot more outside and extroverted. So I would. So I would argue that that's intentional. Oh, oh right? I agree. I would argue, I agree. I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying that as, as an insult or anything like that. Just when no, you're comparing no, no, no. the two of them, her, hers is the much more of a louder performance, mm-hmm. where uh, which Mary is, is the quieter one. Which is which I agree is interesting because in the movie that is kind of the, their roles in his life. You know, you see this 
this loud kind of overbearing presence from the mother when she appears and this soft guiding light from, you know, the father figure. But so I definitely agree. It is, it isn't a subtle performance, you know, it's not a subtle character certainly, but you are right. She is the only one in all of the red. And and I didn't even think of that, Mm -hmm. but I guess she's kind of the, the actor in the film who has to show the progression throughout that, you know, they're not swapping her out for another actor or actress. I think she was wonderful. I think she was fantastic. A lot of really powerful moments. I don't necessarily think she'll win. I think what will happen is that they're going to give best performance by an actor in a supporting role to Maya Shala Ali mm-hmm. and give best perform best supporting actress to someone else. I'm thinking probably Octavia Spencer for Hidden Figures. Um, maybe Viola Davis for Fences. Um, Oh, no, that's Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, uh, they're both in that. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, um, I I just, I don't see her winning. Not that it wasn't a wonderful performance, but I think this will lean a little more toward Fences and Hidden Figures and away from Moonlight. I mean, thrown in there, you have Nicole Kidman for Lion, Michelle Williams for Manchester by the Sea. But, again, I don't really see either of those having traction in this category. I don't see them as major threats. I think that it's mainly between Fences, Moonlight, and Hidden Figures with Moonlight sitting behind. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm a little bit on the opposite side of the fence a little bit. Personally, really? personally I am disappointed that Janelle Monet was, was not nominated, but that's Agreed. unfortunately due to the fact that she split oh. her own vote because I think um, she gave a better performance in uh moonlight but hidden figures seem to have the more appeal and she had a bigger yeah. role in that as well i was so, gonna say she's more known for that role this mm, year so I, I think agree. i think that's a little unfortunate that she got edged out because of that where the voters couldn't mm-hmm. line up behind one performance or the other whereas yeah. the c- complete opposite Mershala ali was fantastic in hidden figures mm-hmm. but everyone lined up behind him being in moonlight now as far as who i think will win um i i don't think octavia spencer will has a real chance just because of she won recently for the help and i think oh that's true and, and i think voters will look at the two performances as sort of similar enough uh while mm-hmm. she's fantastic in both I don't think there's enough variance between them for her to win two in such a short period of time. Personally, I think it's Michelle Williams as the front runner, which it seemed to be, you know, at the front, at the beginnings, she seemed to be the one to beat, but then has sort of went down. I, she doesn't like playing the game in promoting herself, which I, I think is that's hurting true. her. Um, yeah, but Viola Davis, that, I mean, that is a really, that is a really good point because yeah, I feel like I'm not hearing about her, but that's, that's probably again, because she's not big on the gameplay, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and quite the opposite from what we're hearing on the other side of things, as far as, uh, the push for Casey Affleck and what have you. And then mm-hmm. Nicole Kim and I think it's, you know, a, a just great to be there sort of thing. Viola Davis, yeah. I really liked her performance in Fences, but you know, we're going to talk a bit about that later. I'm, mm-hmm. I just don't think she stood out enough against Denzel to really warrant maybe a win. Uh, because when you walk away from fences, you're not really thinking about Viola Davis's performance. You're thinking about Denzel Washington's performance. 
And so it, it's sort of tough. So, so maybe, you're thinking Naomi Harris. I'm thinking either Michelle Williams or Naomi Harris. If if voters are able to look past Williams not campaigning for mm. herself, I think it will be her because I think she has such a fantastic body of work that this would almost be a bit of a, we're sorry we've missed you all these years. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I think she should have won when she played Marilyn Monroe in, in My Week with Marilyn. Mm. But... Yeah, so it's really a toss-up. I think this is a much tougher category than than the male side Let's of clear supporter. Uh, and then we got Best Director for Barry Jenkins. Uh, I've ta- I talked about this a few times, and I'm a big believer that I do not think that Best Picture and Best Director should go hand-in-hand. Hand. I think Best Director is the one who took control of the craft in the best way and is pushing their film in new and interesting directions and best picture simply is that i believe that damien chazelle despite the fact that i do not care for la la land as much as some other people do really was the best director this year and i think moonlight is the best picture of the year so i'm i'm in complete i'm in complete agreeance i mean i love one, I mean, he's so new, he's so green, which is why this is just fantastic how this has come out, come for him, you know? It comes out of the gate, at least in public view, with Whiplash, which is, I still believe, is a fantastic movie. And then comes out with this, which, you know, is still in the musical theme, but completely different, mm-hmm. right? He's he's already shown such a range in, like, his two kind of popular works, which is a little ridiculous um, in a great way. So I would definitely agree that in terms of you know, best director versus best picture. Moonlight should get the picture, and I, I would give it. I would give it to Damien Chazelle for La La Land. I agree with that. I think uh, no matter what, Chazelle will win best director. No matter what happens, it will take some miracle, natural disaster <laughs> to happen for Chazelle to win best <laughs> director. But I can see if there's some sort of faltering, Moonlight winning best picture will also be predicated with Naomi Harris also winning supporting actress. Because if Moonlight mm. ends up being the the top dog, they're going to start picking up some of their smaller nominations, including supporting yes. actress. Yeah, that's true. I'd agree with that. Now, what did you think about the adapted screenplay? Obviously, for those that don't know, it was originally written as a play by Terrell Alvin, McCra- Alvin McCraney, but the play was never put on because he wrote it and realized, holy shit, this uh, is kind of hard to stage as a play. And thank you, <laughs> and stepped in and read it and loved it. Um, I believe the title of the play, I hope I'm not getting this wrong, is uh, Black Boys... Uh, look blue in moonlight is the original title mm-hmm. of the of the play and i'm so sorry if i missed that up i should have looked this up before i said that but i didn't um but barry jenkins helped adapt it as well and i think it's a pretty fantastic screenplay one thing that we do know is the screenplay categories are sometimes the unofficial real best picture winners the sorry we couldn't give you best picture but we really believe your script <laughs> was the best one um, yeah and it does not have to fight against La La Land in this category, which I think yeah. is a huge boost for its chances. Maybe Arrival, the fact that they made a sci-fi movie so intellectual or hidden figures with it, such uh, a great story behind it could possibly be a contender, but I really think this is probably Moonlight's to lose. So I agree that it's Moonlight's to lose. I would argue that they might, I mean, especially 
Um, I think especially if um, Denzel doesn't get actor, which, you know, we'll go back to him later for Fences. I think, and again, we'll come back to this. I think that they might toss Fences. I know that it's like a super long shot, but I just, for some reason, I feel like because it is, you know, a well-known play, they might give it to them. I don't. I don't know why. Why I have this feeling that this might be how it'll play out. But I agree that it's Moonlight's to lose. I would love for Arrival to get something big. I thought I just love that movie, but I just feel like for whatever reason it's not going to get much this year. So I don't know why I have this year premonition about Fences, but Moonlight definitely it is. It is theirs to lose. I'm not going to call you crazy for thinking that. Just think it. Just keep it in your mind. <laughs> Don't say it out loud. I Just won't, think I won't, it. I won't. Um, <laughs> next is best cinematography. I was blown away by the cinematography. The lighting in this is so good. Um, oh. You know, I, I had, I've listened to some other podcasts where they talk about it. And one thing that really point out is the fact that this film was lit specifically for the fact that the cast is black that their skin colors yeah. are darker and their skin whether you like whether you want to admit it or not darker skin absorbs light differently so you need to compensate yeah. for that by having a different set of lighting arrangements than you would for if you're shooting a predominantly white cast or even just a white person in general or someone of a different race you're going to need different kinds of lights in order so that way someone doesn't look too washed out that they don't look too dark that you know that they're not blurry or whatever it is and and this movie was shot so perfectly with the lighting and everything like that and and you really do feel Moonlight was a was definitely a character in this movie. Oh, completely, and I and I agree, and I feel like it's it's something so so subtle in the way that you don't you know you don't often see enough, at least highly acknowledged. You know, basically all black casts, um, and I feel like there is you know, in terms of, like, industry standards, lighting standards, standards, you know, like, who's who's usually on screen? We're not really seeing, you know, many people of color on screen. So the lighting isn't set up for that. So I agree, just little considerations like that. And, oh, the colors, I agree, in terms of Moonlight being a character. Just the, the, the slight lighting colorations at the different moments and the different scenes. I would, I would love for Moonlight to win um, cinematography. I mean, I know I'm just gushing about it in general, but I really think that one of the things that struck me the most was um, how the subtleties of the visuals played into the narrative. I agree, as in Moonlight being a figure, as in these slight color changes, the way the light hits. There was just so much consideration put into those small details that it was less, you know, you look at some, something like La La Land, where a lot of thought was put into, you know, um, the set design and staging and things like that. And then you have Moonlight where it's all about the subtleties. And I think that that it would be lovely if the Academy acknowledged that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I agree. Um, unfortunately, once again, this is probably going to be La La Land regardless of if it wins Best Picture mm -hmm. or not because of the way the, the musical sequences were shot. Uh, and I think mm -hmm. one in particular, the the scene in the club where the camera furiously pans back and forth between Sebastian playing between um, Ryan Gosling playing the piano and uh, Emma Stone dancing. 
the that yeah. one I saw a behind the scenes clip of them uh recording that all live where they actually do swing the camera back and forth and the way it was all done like that was pretty mm-hmm. fantastic. Like, I'm not crazy. I'm gonna say land. something. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I'm gonna say something brief and controversial. Because I hear a lot about yeah, like I mean those shots are impressive and I hear a lot about those shots in terms of La La Land, why it should win. Okay. I'm a big fan. I'm in, you know, I'm in media production, film production. I realize how difficult it is. Just because shots are difficult doesn't always mean that they're better. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like um, giving it to La La Land because they're kind of doing something, they did something difficult is, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there's something to acknowledging the subtlety instead of acknowledging, oh, they did something hard. That means they're better. You're not wrong. You're not. You know, (laughs) you know, it's controversial opinion but that's mine but do you really think la la land will lose this award like no i don't think they'll lose but um it would just be nice in in a perfect world for the academy to be able to say yeah maybe it didn't have the flashiest you know cinematography but its subtlety was wonderful so Mm -hmm. if we could one day be at that place i would be happy I, I think if Moonlight ends up winning Best Picture, this could be one of the other ancillary awards that it picks up along the way. Yeah, I um, like that. So we also got Best Editing. Uh, best Editing is all is one that usually goes hand-in-hand hand with Best Picture. Um, mm-hmm. I think this film does a great job marrying the three different stories together, keeping a nice, consistent flow, easy for the viewer to watch, and keeping everyone very aware of everything that was happening. The editing in this was also very subtle and and subdued, but a very crucial part for this film being successful. Because if the editing was not done right, they could have very easily made it uh, a movie that people did not care about. I agree. I think I think about this about editing category similarly to how I think about cinematography. I agree. I probably go hand in hand with best picture. I also think, again, it's like you just said, there's subtlety, right? There's subtlety in the editing, which is much different than the editing we see from La La Land. So I think it's just about what the Academy, you know, what they want to acknowledge. And I do think that this is definitely one that's going to be whichever one gets best picture will get this award. It's it's frustrating, you know. We're we're both very clearly yeah. in agreement of, of how we feel about <laughs> yeah. these two movies in particular. But at the same time, it's with the caveat that while we love it, is it likely to win? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, there is the you know there. I mean, we're talking about this idea of subtlety versus kind of quote unquote difficulty and kind of flashiness. I mean, the Academy does abide by certain conventions in terms of what it gives awards to and what it doesn't. I don't think the Academy has ever been hugely in favor of subtlety. So, you know, again, despite our preference, as you said, doesn't mean that the chances are high just because we think it's fantastic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And then the last nomination is best original score. I love the score for this. It was a very unnerving at times and very unsettling, but, and then other moments was contrasted with, with great beauty and, and it really balanced the hardships that Chiron was going through. Uh, that there was a constant tension and a constant battle of good versus evil going on inside of him. I agree, but there's no way it's winning. 
<sighs> yep. Because La La Land has singing in it. So, of course, they're going to win Best Original Score. It, La, La, uh, Land, La La Land, I think, no matter what, will end up winning this. I think oh, Moonlight... there's no way. There's no way La La Land isn't winning this. Exactly. There's no way. Yeah. It, it's like saying I completely, it's not going to win original song. Of course, La La Land's going to win original song. Exactly. I, I completely agree. In Moonlight, it's like we're talking about characters. We're talking about the Alice King characters. I think that one of the um, things that makes Moonlight so wonderful is that they do bring these different elements as characters, as core components of story, instead of maybe additions. It all kind of melds together. Um, same with the music. I agree. It's very mood. It's very unnerving, and it it guides you along with everything else. It doesn't take you out of it. It brings you in. Mm-hmm. Um, so all all wonderful things. But we also have a movie which is comprised mainly of original songs. So it's going to win. You know, it's going to win. Does it Does it really matter if, you know, there's been a lot of people saying, you know, they're not actually that good of singers in La La Land. And people say, oh, that's part of the point. That doesn't matter. They're going to win. Going to win. <laughs> going to win. Okay. Uh, I feel like if we talk any more about this, we're both going to explode with rage. And that yes. would be ridiculous yes. because... <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's, it's just ridiculous. So let's move on to Fences. We have no control. Tell okay, me, tell me about Fences, Rachel. All right. Well, Fences is um, an adaptation of a play by um, August Wilson. It's based upon his play, the same name. And it's about a working class African-American father played by Denzel Washington. And he's trying to raise his family in the 1950s while also coming to terms with his life, where he ended up. Um, You know, he works um, going around on a garbage truck in the back uh, with his friend. He seems to be pretty happy guy but he also you know you see these hints of drinking and issues at home particularly with his son and it's a very very american story very very important screenplay there's been a lot of you know there's been a lot of debate over if it was well told and i think that's the thing when we come to talk about the nominations and the film fences is that this was a play that all happened in a backyard. It was set in one location. Some events were left out that are shown in the film that you were just kind of, you went away, time had passed, you came back. It was all in a very small space. Um, a lot of plays do this. A lot of plays are enhanced by this. So taking that sort of play and putting it on the big screen, it's always a challenge. And it's just a question of how well Fences accomplished this. So what are its nominations? So... For Fences, we have the, first off, Best Motion Picture. Um, Now, I will start us off with saying that I really don't think Fences will win. As in, Fences will not win, I can say that confidently. I mean, we're just talking about the fact that it's probably, by probably mean it's definitely going to be between La La Land and Moonlight. Um, And I think, yeah, Fences... There are great elements which we'll go farther into, but I don't think that it pulled off the play as a whole, bring that play to screen um, in a way that would get it this nomination. This, well, this win, this nomination, rather. I think it got it as kind of an acknowledgement of what it was trying to do and the elements that it accomplished, but it, I don't think it was ever intended to win. No, I, I like this film okay enough i'm not super crazy about it i think it has some problems problems that i'm gonna go into a little bit um 
But the fact that it does not have a corresponding best director for Denzel and a best film editing nomination basically means that it has zero chance of, of winning. And, yeah. and really, if I were to put an odds on favorite of where it would rank in, in the nine, uh, I would probably put it right near at the very bottom along with, uh, Lion and Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. I'd agree. Yeah, I'd agree. I think that, again, it is a nomination thrown in there to acknowledge some good work, but you're right. I mean, there's there's no chance. We don't see the editing. We don't see the directing. It's, you know, it's there to be there, but nothing more. Um, now, for what it did well, um, another nomination for Fences is the best performance by the leading actor, and that is Denzel. And I think that um, if this movie is going to get anything, it's going to get best lead actor i think that denzel as you as you are meant to i think this is my favorite part of the film in terms of its translation from the play to the big screen is this is a film about this character whose name is troy maxon so his name is troy maxon and it's about this man who is in many ways larger than life he fills up a room when he enters he has all these stories all this information but also you know holds this kind of power and terror and remorse and all of these emotions and i think that denzel just carries it wonderfully i think it's one of his best performances in years and i think he is the reason that we're seeing this film popping up on the list period this movie basically i think has a alternative title that is called Denzel Washington directs Denzel Washington and <laughs> co uh helped not really written but overseen afterwards uh-huh. by denzel washington playing denzel a denzel washington, washington character in fences <laughs> produced by denzel washington because that's bracket, basically give the, denzel the Oscar bracket. that this movie is just denzel on denzel on denzel and it's one, a vehicle for denzel washington. it is and he played this he played this role on stage and he repeated it here uh, both viola davis and denzel repeat their stage roles in the movie and i think he does a fantastic job with it unfortunately at times i feel like other than being a real jerk of a person um I feel like I'm just watching what Denzel Washington's grandfather probably was like. Ooh, like it's just I, I, I it's this this role That's for cold, me. That's Dakota. This, this role for me is hard to separate um, Denzel Washington from Troy Maxson. I, I think I don't mm. think. Denzel does enough with the role. He inhabits this character so well and really brings him to life. But at the same time, I do not think he's able to sep. I, I'm not able to separate Denzel, the wa- actor, from Troy Max and the character. And because of that, I don't. Uh, I do not think he will be there uh, uh, potentially to win. I think it's Casey Affleck or Ryan Gosling's award, with Denzel being a very distant third. I can see that. I agree that there is very little, if any, separation between Denzel, the person, and Troy Maxson. Um, I do think that this was... I'm not saying this movie was made to win awards. Not not saying this movie was made to win awards. Um, I think that everything you're saying is right. This really is a vehicle for Denzel. And I think that he does a wonderful performance, but 
I think you're right. I think that, you know, to win a best actor, you don't want to be, it's not an award for like best actor as in like best person playing themselves or like best person on screen, right? Because we know that Denzel is a fabulous actor. It's, you know, you want to embody a role and the line between embodying a new role and just being himself doing some wonderful acting on screen. You know, it's not there. It's Denzel acting on screen. It's fantastic. But there is never an illusion that you're not watching Denzel Washington. Mm -hmm. So next up, we have best performance by a lead actress. And that is, of course, Viola Davis um, in a supporting role. So best actress in a supporting role. Now, as I mentioned previously, and we kind of talked over this, but just to touch on it. I really do think that she's pretty great in this. I think that she's pretty fantastic. Um, This isn't my favorite movie, but I think that she's great. And I could see her, I could see her pulling, I I know I could see her pulling something for this. I think that she really, you know, I mean, if we're saying that Denzel did not embody his character, she's kind of Denzel playing Denzel, I really think that she was this character. I think that she delivered a, pretty nuanced powerful performance i really felt for her i really felt for her character and i saw her as that character i wasn't watching her as viola davis so i think you're right michelle williams you know she's doing pretty well um despite despite not playing the game she does have a big repertoire she did deliver a powerhouse performance you know naomi harris was great octavia spencer i think you're right i think she's not going to win after her last nomination you know nicole kidman isn't really in the running but i could see her pulling it out maybe not saying it's likely not saying it's likely but maybe uh i agree um unfortunately i feel like because this is such a denzel movie that i i don't really remember her performance all that much and i think that's a shame because mm-hmm. uh i did make mental notes about how great I thought she was. I think she shows a bit more range in this movie than, than Denzel and the way she handles certain revelations that are, are uh, revealed in the, in the last third or so of the movie and the aftermath that happened. I think she does a really great job with that. Um, so yeah, we, we were saying this earlier. It's probably, I think it's going to be Naomi Harris and Michelle Williams, but I, I would not be shocked if a Viola Davis win, uh, was in the cards. Definitely. And then last of all, again, going back a little bit to, well, we've already been discussing, similar to Lee to Moonlight, this has been nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. This, I forgot about this. Of course, this is one of the, re- the reasons I was thinking it could pull it out. Because it is a posthumous nomination. Um, because, you know, August Wilson, who wrote the original screenplay, um, completed the screenplay before his death in 2005. Uh, so I agree that it's unlikely because you do have Moonlight, which is fabulous. But posthumous is also, you know... When it comes to things that the Academy likes to reward, it's always kind of nice people to be like, hey, we're going to award an award to this fabulous deceased playwright. Um, Not likely, probably not going to happen, not going to happen. But if it did, I think it would be partly because, you know, he's passed. I don't know if that's, I I don't think that that's a great thing. I think I'm just talking more about the, the politics of the Academy kind of why they do what they do sometimes but 
certainly I think that Moonlight will take this home. Without question, if Moonlight gets best picture, I will be taking this home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The fact that La La Land isn't in this category, we're obviously able to look at it a little bit more objectively. I thought the screenplay yeah. for Fences, along with the editing, was some of its weakest parts. Yeah. I, I think there were some fantastic moments in this, but I think they should have done a better job adapting the screenplay to uh, the screen because it is, there's been criticisms about that it's, you know, too play-like. And unfortunately, I have to agree with that, even though I think that's a bit of a silly criticism. It is too play-like. I, I don't have an issue with the single setting. I think the house in the backyard works perfectly, but the delivery is what I have issue with. It's basically uh, one monologue to another monologue to another monologue. Obviously, And, and you know what I would say? No, go ahead. And, okay. and you know what I would say? And I have heard this criticism and I completely agree because there's this element of it, you know, it's a play trying to be a movie. But it's almost as if it straddles this line where the movie doesn't know whether to fully embrace this is a play on screen or take it into the film realm. It's kind of sitting somewhere in the middle, you know? It's not um, kind of trying to play with ways of bringing this sense of claustrophobia evoked by the one setting onto screen. It's just kind of bringing it there. You know what I mean? It's not trying to evoke anything. It's just kind of putting it on screen. It, it doesn't seem to be able to make up its mind on what it wants to do. So I do think that in that way, it comes off a little confused. It comes off a little bland and not nearly as impactful as the screenplay itself could be. Yeah, and and that's a, a tough thing because I do think there is some great work in here. Uh, but this really is Moonlight's award uh, to yeah. lose. Um, and after that, I think it's pretty much a coin flip of who the numbers two through five movies in this category are. Yeah. So that does it for uh, those two movies, Moonlight and Fences. We're going to take a a short little break. And then when we come back, I will be talking about Hell or High Water, um, one of my favorite movies of this year that I'm very excited to talk about. So thank you so much for for joining me, Rachel. Thank you for having me, as always. And lastly, we have Hell or High Water for this episode, which has four nominations, including Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor for Jeff Bridges, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Film Editing. This is, at the moment, my favorite movie of 2016. I just loved everything about it. It was a smart, intelligent thriller with a real great message behind it, and just some some general smarts to go along with it. Um Director Taylor Sheridan did a fantastic job, um, and he actually wrote uh, Sicario from 2015, which was also one of the best movies of the year, directed by Arrivals Denis Villeneuve. Uh, so it's really great seeing him sort of get his due again um, with this movie. When it first came out, I actually reviewed it for the website for Live and Limbo, and I said, this movie is most likely to be forgotten. But look, here it is. It's got four nominations, including Best Picture. Will it win? It sadly will not. It won't even come close to sniffing the Best Picture uh, award. 
really when it's as I was talking about earlier with Rachel, La La Land with um, Moonlight being the top ones, and then maybe Fences or Arrival being down just a little bit further, uh, trying to compete for it. But Hell or High Water, unfortunately, will not get anything. But this is the type of movie that is going to greatly benefit for getting that sticker on the DVD case saying that it was nominated for Best Picture, and hopefully people will check out, because this movie is fantastic, including a great supporting actor turn by Jeff Bridges, who basically plays this sheriff that's chasing down these two brothers who are robbing banks, the two brothers played by Chris Pine and Ben Foster. As I alluded to earlier, I'm actually quite disappointed that uh, the two other guys were, were ignored over Jeff Bridges, because I think Ben Foster gives this really crazy animated performance and Chris Pine gives this really subtle performance and both of which potentially were better than Jeff Bridges, depending on how you look at it. Maybe they're calling Chris Pine's role lead because he really is sort of the main character in all this, but, but it's still a shame that they were not recognized, especially someone like Chris Pine, who I think gets a lot of flack for not being uh, a good actor overall, mostly just known as a pretty face that does blockbuster movies like the Star Trek films. But either way, it doesn't matter. As far as Jeff Bridges' chances, if he did not win Best Actor for True Grit, like I mentioned earlier, I would say this would be a shoe-in for him to win. Unfortunately, he did. Uh... And I think Mershala Ali really is is the one to beat in this. If there's going to be any sort of upset, it might be Jeff Bridges, but it really is Mershala Ali and then everyone else afterwards coming way further down. Uh, and I think for the most part, critics really agree with that as well, with Jeff Bridges being the the top of the next tier. And then you also have the best original screenplay. I already mentioned Taylor Sheridan being the director uh, also being a writer on movies like Sicario, the fact that he wrote his own screenplay, uh, I think is fantastic because this screenplay really is amazing. You know, there's some really great dialogue. He is able to let the silent moments take focus instead of having to over explain things. And that's really a mark of a good screenplay as well, knowing when to pull back and when to turn off the dialogue and the plot and all those sort of things. And he really does excel at this. As far as his chances, I think it's kind of a a tough one unless, you know, they're going to sweep the three awards other than best picture. Uh, I don't think they really have a chance. I, I still think maybe something like The Lobster or La La Land is probably going to win this. Manchester by the Sea also stands a good chance. And then 20th Century Women, unfortunately, is is basically a, a, no, a no-go for this. I think one of the interesting things is all of the films in Best Original Screenplay were written by their directors, or co-written in the case of The Lobster. But I think that's actually really fascinating, uh, and I don't know if we've ever seen anything like that before, where, where all five nominees are also the directors. I really have a, a soft spot for auteurs who are able to sort of do it all and are so hands-on, so I definitely appreciate that from Taylor Sheridan. And then lastly, you have Best Film Editing. This is 
a nomination that usually goes hand in hand with the best picture, also with the best director. And the fact that it has two of them, you know, almost wants to give me pause and be like, hmm, maybe, maybe the Academy does think a little bit higher about Hell or High Water than, than maybe I'm giving them credit for. But the fact that there is not a best director nomination really is making me think, well, I guess it's not to be then, which is a shame because I really think the, the quiet, subtle, quiet editing for this and the pacing. This, the pacing on this is fantastic. During the robbery scenes, you know, your heart is beating in your chest. And then in these quieter, more intimate moments, you're really feeling what the characters are going on, uh, what's going on in their heads. And the mark of good editing is when you are, it, it helps to accentuate the movie and you're rightly feeling what you should be feeling. So in intense moments, you should be having your heart beating through your chest. In tender moments, your heart should be breaking and things like that. So that really is a, the, the spot of good editing. Unfortunately, this is most likely going to be La La Land's to lose. Um, if Moonlight ends up winning Best Picture, they might be the one to to come through. Uh, Hell or High Water probably doesn't really stand much of a chance because it really is not that flashy of a film, despite the fact that there are some interesting uh, action set pieces during it, including uh, a robbery gone wrong and then a big shootout near the end. Uh, so all that said, it's unfortunately probably going to go away empty-handed with the most likely award being Best Supporting Actor if for some reason uh, Moonlight really falters on Oscar night. So that wraps up this episode. First off, I want to thank again Rachel Gordon for being on this episode and sharing her thoughts about Moonlight and Fences. Uh, and please check out liveandlimbo.com where the show notes will be and there'll be all the nominations listed and some other cool links that uh, I've talked about including previous ContraZoom episodes uh, about this year's Oscars and my Oscar primers make sure you follow myself on Twitter at DGAPA and follow at Live and Limbo for all your great Live and Limbo news and content that we are creating so thank you so much for listening Take care.